Hello and welcome to episode 59 of The Brand Lounge, the place for unfiltered conversations on big topics for small businesses. I'm Tammy Heels, founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant, and I show independent businesses how to define and grow their brand and business. And today I am joined by Louise Ryder, who is a fertility awareness educator and cycle empower coach at her business, Women in Power Coaching. Welcome to the show, Louise. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. And today, listeners, Louise and I are going to be exploring a topic that I've been curious about for some time, but admit to knowing relatively little about. And today we are going to be delving into the world and the concept of syncing your life and work with your menstrual cycle. So Louise, I love to start these episodes by really taking everything back to basics because we don't believe in assumptions on this podcast and I want to make sure that every listener is on the same page. So could you start by just talking about what the menstrual cycle is and how it impacts our lives? So I think the easiest way to to think about it, because I think a lot of people, they hear menstrual cycle and they automatically just think, periods yeah and they sort of can't get past that idea that it's all about periods but it's actually this rhythm that underlines everything in our lives in our reproductive years for anyone who has a natural menstrual cycle so the easiest way that I can describe it is most people are familiar with the circadian rhythm which is the 24-hour clock that our world basically operates on. And the circadian rhythm is based on a pattern of testosterone. So men have this big, big dose of testosterone in the morning. That's why you know strength training is recommended in the morning. And then it peters off throughout the day. So if we imagine happy hour, happens later on in the day (laughs) it's because the testosterone has run out we've run out of steam and women get that dose of testosterone as well just at a much lower level so we have a circadian rhythm too but what we also have is an infradian rhythm and there's a woman called Alyssa Vitti who has she's the first person ever to write about this but what it basically is is the changing hormonal pattern that typically female bodied people have, that means we have a changing cocktail of hormones running through our bodies on any given day of the month or the cycle. And we often think of sex hormones as just impacting our fertility, but actually our bodies are covered in sex hormone receptors and our brain in particular is they're all over. And so the way that these hormones are changing impacts us in different ways over the course of the month. So we know that when people like shift workers and people who work on airlines disrupt their circadian rhythm, they can have a lot of problems with their health. It's it's kind of the same for women. We have like 50% of women have hormonal issues compared to less than 10% of men. And I really think it's because we're ignoring this rhythm that is having a huge impact on our day-to-day lives, but the majority of people are living without even the awareness, never mind actually implementing where it comes in, in terms of strengths, weaknesses, 
what you might be better or worse at or what might feel more fun or less fun at different times. Yeah, I, it's fascinating because like my education growing up, and I have to admit that I'm sure I won't be the only one to say this, that I've never really looked any further into any of it because it's never been something that occurred to me that, hey, you've been told everything you need to know, go forth into the world and just live your life. And then once a month, you're going to feel like you want to eat the world and cry a lot at different points. But um, other than that, I feel like there is such a lack of, like you were saying, such a lack of awareness to even know to ask these questions. It's almost like it's boiled down to stereotypical things that you say because it's part of life that other females will understand because it's like, you know, oh, I'm a moody bitch today, or oh my goodness, I just want to eat everything in sight, or oh my goodness, my skin is broken out, it must mean that I'm due on, and it's always in relation to, like you said, that period, that event, that thing that happens every month, whether we like it or not, and no kind of realization or planning kind of comes with that, so from your perspective and from your area of expertise, like what are the key benefits you would say from embracing this and living your life by tuning in with that cycle? Yeah, the the funny thing about that question is that we could do an episode of this every day (laughs) and talk about all of the different ways because you can apply it to relationships part of my work is applying it to contraception which is you know a huge a huge thing um you can apply it to work and business and friendships and social lives and literally everything because it is this underlying rhythm that just is happening you know whether we're paying attention or not so in terms of the sort of tangibles the the one that I think is it doesn't sound super sexy, but it's about really tuning in with yourself and operating from a place of knowing what what is going to feel good, what might not feel so good, and giving yourself the permission to be changing. Because I think society is so set up to just be like productive all the time and you must show up in this way and if you don't then you are worth less and the truth is we get a time around ovulation when we are absolutely in that energy and we can move mountains and that is the sort of the much more palatable version (laughs) in terms of fitting in in the world but actually if we do pay attention to these other threads, so for example, that pre-ovulatory phase, which is where people might get PMS symptoms and stuff like that, those symptoms can really tell us a lot about where we are in life, what's going really well, what's not going so well, because we dismiss that. We're like, oh, it's PMS. I'm so moody. It's like, well, actually, what, what is it? What is causing that moodiness? Because that is a time of real truth coming through. So we say estrogen is kind of like having um, rose-tinted glasses on. Estrogen is the dominant hormone in the first half of the cycle. So if you imagine on an animal level, ovulation is, of course, when we're fertile, we can reproduce. So estrogen gives us this big boost of like juice and sexiness and 
lust for life biologically (laughs) so that we're (laughs) attractive and you know will procreate and and that the world looks good for us to procreate in but you take that away in the second half of the cycle and you have a much more raw and real version of what life is really like so you can use this process to um I've just finished a training with Red School who are the sort of real pioneers of this work and they I work for them as well um and they talk about healthy ego development in the in the first half of the cycle you're really building your ego you can put yourself out in the world get really creative develop all of your ideas and then in what we call the inner autumn the luteal phase which is that pre-menstrual phase that's when this sort of inner critic comes in and is like, Ugh, like, why'd you do that? And, and what was that about? And it comes to like test that container of your ego. And if you weren't being authentic out in the world, it's going to tell you about it. Or if you're off track, it's going to be like, Ugh, what was that about? Like, go, do better next time. And the great thing is you get the opportunity to do better every month. So, I mean, that's a benefit from a personal development standpoint is that it really, it's a maturation process that lets you build and then like tosses you down each month so you can rebuild stronger every time. Yeah, that's incredible. Like it sounds, see, this is the thing that baffles me because when I do hear people talk about this or when I've done like a little bit of research before this, um a little bit (laughs) it's really interesting because it sounds like well why aren't we harnessing this why isn't this something that we do because and I'm sure that you all agree (laughs) this is what you do that it's just they're like even from hearing you explain in that short amount of time if this is the first thing that listeners have ever heard or explored or or any knowledge that they've received on this like honestly from that automatically I'm like oh so for me something like you know producing the create scheduling the creative stuff for the first that first wave will then help me balance out when I do feel like crap because I can do that creative process up front knowing that you know I'm gonna have a an inner critic session later on but the consistency when we're talking from a business context would be that the emotional fluctuations or the fluctuations that you're experiencing you can almost plan to keep that level from um, an external perspective does that make yeah. sense yeah it does and and the creative process itself is it's built in the cycle is, I mean, if you imagine what it's for, it's for creating life. But if we're not creating life, which like, thank God we don't every month. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we, <laughs> we have this process of like building something up. I'm talking about the, if we talk about it in the context of the egg, it's like hibernated, you know, and developed internally, which is sort of what's happening behind the scenes at menstruation while you're shedding all this stuff finishing the previous cycle the next follicle is preparing and then it grows and it develops and at ovulation it's delivered and then afterwards 
I'm going to sort of backtrack a little bit there and say and talk about it more in terms of a creative process. But if you grow something, then you deliver it. And then that last bit, when you have this discerning, more negative, more realistic energy can be used for editing because you have this critical voice that's coming in to be like, oh, what about that? So something that you might have thought was so brilliant while you were ovulating and delivering it, you then get this other version of yourself to come in and be like, okay, yeah, I get it. It was good. But what about all of these things? And if you don't let that take you over, if you just get into conversation with it, you're like, oh, actually, you've got a point there. (laughs) I've got a point there. (laughs) Go me. (laughs) Yeah, you can really like bring it in. And if you're working on a project over a couple of months, imagine how that is going to develop your own creative process to engage in each of those different phases and, and allow each of those strengths to come in and participate. It's huge. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I want to reflect back to something that you were saying earlier as well, because you said like societal society expects us to show up the same every day. Mm-hmm. And that is, I think that that's a concept that many business owners, regardless of menstrual cycle or not, could probably completely understand because many people start their businesses for that flexibility to be able to be in charge of their day, be in charge of how they're feeling. And it always baffles me that not only are we expected to show up the same energy and commitment and every everything every day, but only Monday to Friday. Mm. So it's not even like you're expected to show up the same commitment continuously. It's like there, there's these restricted times that you were expected to show up in a specific way. And coming from a very creative industry background, like being able to switch on creativity would be absolutely glorious, but it's not something that I think even the best of us can do. So having this new world kind of open up and this new concept that's already part of us, that you can improve the way that you work and perceive your own work and perceive the world by tuning in with something that is already really natural to you it just it it just baffles me it baffles me that it's not more common (laughs) yeah and and actually there's something in what you said there about the idea of what productivity is Mm -hmm. that has been a huge learning for me because so I I'm I don't sort of buy into weekends as much as I do my cycle it's much more important to me that I'm resting when my cycle needs me to do that and that I'm really harnessing my energy when when my cycle has that available. So for me, I don't do any work at all on the first at least two, if not three days of my period. And it's, it's really easy to think, oh, you know, that's a bit lazy or like (laughs) you're not going to get anything done for three days. You're going to have to catch up. But actually what happens is I, that's when I get all my best ideas. That's when like solutions to even like tech problems, like all kinds of solutions just come through because I'm giving them space not in an extractive way, not in a way that's like, okay, I'm bleeding. So like I'm waiting for the (laughs) answers to come through. Like I'm just lying here and waiting, but really, really surrendering 
and letting everything go and not having expectations. And it's when I do that, that all the brilliance is able to flow. And I end up surrounded by paper and it's, it's cosmic, (laughs) but it's, that is its own version of productive. It doesn't look like we expect productive to look, but it is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, I feel like there's a whole other episode around productivity and what that is and what that means, because again, it's that whole productive doesn't mean doing things all the time. Like productive can be that thinking phrase. I can be the most productive when I am going for a walk away from my desk or sitting in the bath or even hanging out with my friends down the pub when we can, because you, you surround yourself with different, like different vibrations, different people, different conversations, different, um, sensory stuff. (laughs) My words are escaping me, but you know, like the whole experience is just taking you away from being sat at your desk going, I have to be productive. I have to do this. I have to write this. Now is Monday, which means that I have to do my content today because that's what I've scheduled into my calendar. When actually, like you were saying, if it means that you need to adapt your working habits so that the three days of the month, you decide that you're not actually going to actively do things, but you trust that you're still going to be productive in the way that you can be and need to be, it's going to make things a lot easier. Yeah. In theory. I haven't practiced this yet. I'm going to take your word for it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really curious how you came about. I know this wasn't on, on the questions that I sent over, but I'm really curious to know how this was something that you you kind of discovered and decided to to try and embody and then and then develop and obviously pursue a career within within your life. I know we'll touch on this next time as well, but it's it's funny. I was like allergic to my menstrual cycle growing up. I thought it was disgusting and I wanted to do and, and I'm talking specifically about my period because obviously I yeah. had no <laughs> idea about the rest. And I wanted to do whatever I possibly could to not have this to not have a period, to not have to engage with this thing that happened. Like I just was so, so not into it. And so I was on hormonal birth control from when I was like 14 and always with the goal of no periods. And it's so funny to me now that like, and a little bit sad really um, to know that that was my reality. And then I reached a point where I just wanted to not be on hormones anymore. Didn't know why, but just had a feeling. And then I didn't have periods for two years when I came off, but was, was like a little bothered, but also this is what I always wanted. Yeah. Living the dream. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, And then it just, it just slowly evolved. Like I just started to hear people talk about fertility awareness as a method of birth control. And I always thought it was basically bullshit, that there's no way that you can have unprotected sex and not get pregnant. Yeah, it sounds a bit risky, doesn't it? It's it's a lot to gamble. Exactly. It's, yeah, which, and and in reality, it isn't. When you know what you're looking for and you're tracking your cycle, and that's one of the things that I teach kind of separate to the coaching, I teach this method um, of contraception. But because we've got those very, very deep-rooted have sex, get pregnant, die, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> fed to us. 
I was always like, oh, these people are wacky. Like, this is not ever something I'm going to engage in. It reminds me of of the scene in Mean Girls, isn't it? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it just sounds, it just sounds wild. Um, And it's just, it's quite funny to me now, knowing that, you know, I work with clients who are trying so hard to get pregnant. It's like, you know, it's, it's just, oh, that's a different conversation altogether. Anyway, eventually I got my period back and I was working with a coach and talking about these changes that I was experiencing, but without context for them. Just like some days I feel like this, some days I'm really great in the gym and then other days I suck. And, and she said, why don't you just at the end of each day, make a note of how you're feeling and then just see if there's any relation, any relationship with your cycle. I was like, okay, well, that's not having unprotected sex. I can do that. And that was like getting on a slide that I have just never gotten off. Like it, the world just opened up from that point. And then I learned fertility awareness as a method of birth control, which again, like blew my world open in my sessions of learning how it all actually works biologically and and again, it was just like little drops of information here and there that eventually led me to Red School, who, again, are the sort of creators of Inner Seasons and all of these things. I now work for them um, three days a week and just like immersed myself in this world because I'm a big old feminist and I couldn't believe that this like essential (laughs) information had been it felt like it had been withheld and there was a sense of injustice there and this real like unignorable desire to spread this word and to get more women and you know anyone who menstruates just in sync with it because it just makes everything easier. <laughs> I'm all for that. <laughs> it's really interesting because I am at the early stages of where you have been through this journey and I listen to it and I'm like, it just sounds like magic. It sounds like something that it's like, why wouldn't they tell you about this? And then my inner feminist is like, well, of course they didn't, Tammy, because it would make your life easier. <laughs> um <laughs> But also there is that skeptic within me. And I, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I'm sold from one conversation or a couple of bits of information. It is one of those things where it's like, this feels like such a huge possibility and change. And like, I guess a lot of it's the fear of the unknown. So you've spoken a lot around um, Red School, who I'll pop the links in the show notes as well. So if the listeners want to go and explore any more, they can go and find that. But you've also mentioned things like the inner season. So could you maybe explore and explain that a little bit more, just so we've got a bit more context with a bit more information. All information is good. (laughs) Yes. So we all know the seasons of, of the world, you know, especially in, we're in England, we know them well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so as, people who menstruate, we have inner seasons. And if we just very basically, inner winter is menstruation. So it's our time of, if we imagine hibernation, wanting to be away from the world, wanting to be cozy and held 
you know, in blankets and with warm fires and have the time to ourselves inside, just withdrawn from everything. And then in a spring is the, it's the bit between the period ending and the inner summer, which is ovulation, essentially. So the inner spring is the way that it is in the outside world. It's all about like new growth and the sort of the sproutings of ideas of, of our ability to be social again. And this is where we sort of gently emerge back into the world. So if we imagine a flower, for example, it's it's that in that little bud stage in the spring um, and in, in terms of our inner spring. We don't want to force it to be, you know, you don't go from completely doing nothing during your period to suddenly like, I got to do everything again. The spring is that in between. Mm-hmm. It's about really nurturing. And the my understanding of it is this is really the time when we're connected to our inner child and we have to do some parenting of that inner child to bring ourselves into the world again and really like nurture ourselves and be gentle and and like love ourselves back in <laughs> basically yeah. so this is where we're really growing stuff and and not having to be right and just sort of playing and and enjoying the energy as it comes back online and then as we get to ovulation that's our inner summer so that's when we are in this sort of societally acceptable we look more beautiful because we've got the estrogen like pumping through our veins it's when we can really deliver ourselves to the world and what i mean by that isn't that we can that we that we should be like dancing on tiktok or doing anything that like makes us uncomfortable but it's about living as our most authentic version of ourselves out in the world and bringing whatever it is that we have to bring really into fruition in whatever way that means for us. Um, But it is a time of sociability and, you know, a great time for networking and conversations and ultimately for getting stuff done. Like if we're talking about it in a, in a business context, you can, these are the times when like a 12 hour day feels easy and like, Oh, I have to put my computer away. Like, I don't really want to, it's, it's, it's that. And I think as well, it's easy to get a bit lost in that and just do the work. It's like, no, like go out and have a dance as well. (laughs) (laughs) And then after that, we head into our inner autumn, um, which is that like leaves turning brown, the rose tinted glasses come off. Um, and it's a real time of truth and editing and being really discerning of like, is this really what I want? Is, did I, did I actually enjoy that? Or like, how, where do I want to take myself as we go into this next cycle? It's a time when you can really like basically evaluate what you're doing, where you're at. Um, and yeah, plan, plan for going forward from there. That's really interesting because like, I, I feel like 
I can understand and picture each of those phases like even if it's just like the odd day is like oh yeah you know I can remember those days remember those days like I have one yesterday where it's just like I genuinely I'm I'm feeling like on top of the world I don't want to close my laptop I want to carry on working this is feeling really easy I feel really good but then you know switch back to previously and I'm just like oh my goodness how is it only 11 o'clock in the morning (laughs) exactly and imagine if you could predict that in advance yeah that would be super helpful because some of the things that you were saying there and approaching it from a business context because I love the imagery of you know the spring and the seasons And from a business context, I feel like there's always such an element of we have to look after our mental health, we have to look after our physical health, we have to look after ourselves. But if you can almost predict how you are likely to be feeling in and around that time, Mm -hmm. you may, and listeners, I'm sure you can relate to this, when I'm feeling on top of the world, I will book in like six networking events, 14 meetings, 17 cups of tea. And I'm like, yes, I'm in for all of this. It sounds great. Let's do it. <laughs> and then it t- comes to that time, which is like a little while later. And I'm just like, I'm so tired of people. <laughs> yeah. So when it comes to actually using your cycle and syncing up with your cycle, kind of how do you plan literally to that degree? Like I need, cause I know, I know the answer to this. I know the spoilers, but when someone says, Hey, do you want to come on for a podcast recording? <laughs> <laughs> how would you, how would you go about making sure that it would be aligned with the right timing for you internally? So the one thing that is infuriating about the menstrual cycle is that it's not, it's not cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. So you might, you know, one cycle might be 26 days, the next one could be 33, you know, especially for people with an irregular cycle. So all we can ever do is our best and we make our best guess and we plan based on where we are and and as well allow ourselves to be flexible. Mm -hmm. So for example, when we were planning this, so for my fertility awareness, um, I track ovulation which is by essentially without going really into this obviously nuanced don't just start (laughs) doing this and thinking you've got contraception anyone but it's by taking your temperature when you wake up each morning and tracking cervical mucus which if you were just turned off when I said mucus like (laughs) google it it's the most (laughs) magical substance ever I'm obsessed but our temperature rises when we have ovulated like bun in the oven we're keeping our body warm in case we got pregnant so I'll know when more or less when I've ovulated based on that temperature rise and be able to tell when my period is coming which will be approximately two weeks later Mm -hmm. so for me that is an essential tool for being able to plan in more depth what I'm doing because of course otherwise you can use an app which is going to guess based on your previous cycles and you can just refer to that like that's pretty easy but it doesn't allow for those changes the nuances of you exactly and and that's the sort of the cool thing about so we talk about late periods we never have a late period we only ever have a late ovulation oh interesting so yeah, because our, that dis, that time between ovulation and menstruation is always pretty much the same, like plus or minus a day. And so by tracking in that 
and I'm, you know, I, it sounds in depth, it takes me less than five minutes a day. But by tracking to that degree, I can plan like with some certainty when my period is going to be. And so then when ovulation is likely to be. And I just have those in my diary. So once I know when my period is going to be, I put that in and then block out my calendar for client calls, things like that. They can't book in then. And then just keep on, keep on top of it, keep on rolling with it. It's, it's not a really rigid process. It's not like, oh, I can't possibly do my accounting. Like it's, <laughs> oh, if only, no, I'm sorry. I can't submit my tax form on time because of this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like it's not like that because of course we are capable of all of these other things. It's not like we're not capable, but I. It's, it's finding the optimal, isn't it? It's, it's exactly. being optimal rather than being, <laughs> not being incapable. It's more being more capable. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly it. Because the way I like to think about it from a work perspective is literally like having four people who work at my business and they're all me and they're all capable of covering for each other. Yeah. It's just you would rather have that one doing that task. <laughs> That's a brilliant way of thinking about it. I yeah. love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's fantastic. Ah, oh, imagine if you did have four of you. Anyway. <laughs> you do. <laughs> yeah, four different versions. So I'm curious, like, have you noticed significant improvements for you and how you're feeling day to day since living your life and syncing with this cycle? Or is it more of a, you know, things feel easier now, but there was a bit of a, a process to, to switch over? Or was it something that's like, as soon as you started doing it, you're like, oh, actually, I can see the benefits. I can feel the benefits. This is something that feels different. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And yes, is the answer. And the, the biggest difference that I noticed was in my confidence in myself. Because for me, honestly, the most tangible um, difference, the most immediate one that I noticed was at the gym. Because so I do um, Olympic weightlifting and there would be days when I was just like, uh, like so frustrated because normally that's my warm up weight. And today it feels like it's a hundred pounds heavier and I just can't do it. And so that was a real aha moment of like, oh, it's because this is where I am. And then, and just bef before I knew about this, that would have been a real process of beating myself up. Being like, how can I not do this? I should be able to, I should have this under control by now. Like I'm supposed to be just getting better and I'm not. Like, what does that mean about me? And instead... It's that permission of being like, I'm just going to take it a bit easier today because I know that I'm not going to be great at that. So it's not putting myself in the position to even get, you know, that abuse from myself. <laughs> and, um, and then, of course, that has translated massively into my work in terms of the permission. Like I was, I've just been recording a... Um, a self-led fertility awareness course mm -hmm. and there was a day and I was late in my cycle and normally I only record stuff when I'm in the first half 
but I was like, I just want to get it done. I'm just going to do it. And I stopped like so soon after I started because I was like, do you know what? Not only <laughs> does it not feel good, but it doesn't come across well either. And I would rather actually delay by a week or two and really deliver in the way that I want to, but only with the self-compassion that cycle awareness has given me is that possible. Otherwise, I would have berated myself until it was done, regardless of what it looked like. It's fascinating to hear just how, just how much it impacts, because when we initially had this conversation, so when I initially um, reached out to you and I was just like, yeah, let's have a conversation, let's have a chat. I was expecting it to be very much around how you feel and kind of not necessarily about your actual capabilities, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. I was expecting it to be much more, oh, okay, so on these days, you're going to feel a little bit more low. On these days, you might feel, I don't know, a bit more angry. On these days, you're going to feel super happy. And I never expected it to have such a deep-seated effect on, on your experience in everything like you were saying from the weightlifting and um the way that it inspires creativity I just yeah it's it's so much deeper than I was expecting it to be (laughs) does that make sense yeah Yeah. it does (laughs) and it's it's everything right like and it's a funny thing to I was talking with my my sister is a um she helps people who have um an unhealthy relationship with food and and they have a really clear problem to solve. They're caught up in diet culture, you know, they they want to get out of that loop. Whereas with the menstrual cycle and cycle syncing, it's not necessarily that people have this tangible problem that they want to solve in that way. You know, no one's sitting there going, oh, I, I only wish that I could... I, I think people maybe are saying, I wish I could feel really good and productive every day. Yeah. But that's just normal and expected because we get tired, we get bored, you know, it's all normal. And that they don't really realize that there's an alternative because no one's ever said it. Yeah, I think that's the key. Yeah, it's it's the awareness of knowing that there's another option. Exactly. Oh, I just, yeah, I feel like the rest of my day is going to be going away and reading up even more on (laughs) Um, I do have a question which I will confess and I've already put this in our notes that I pulled this directly from your your wonderful um, free download that you have because I found that really interesting to read about the seasons and everything else and as someone who takes hormonal contraceptive pills all the time because like I said started my journey of exploring all of this so for those who don't have a cycle for like a natural cycle for whatever reason whether it's birth control menopause transgender post-hysterectomy or whatever else how can they are they able to and if they are how can they tune into this approach with syncing with a cycle when it might not actually be that obvious what that cycle is yeah so there's there's two two ways about it and they can they can live together. Mm-hmm. And the one that is the most obvious and probably the most tangible is to sync with the moon. So if we imagine the impact that the moon has on our oceans, tides moving in and out, and that we are made up of so much water, it would be kind of naive to imagine that the moon doesn't have some sort of impact on our bodies. And so that is a really easily accessible way to 
tune into something. And with that, you would treat the new moon as if it was the inner winter, the period, and the full moon as if it was ovulation or inner summer. So we're partying on the full moon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So so we would follow that, that tide, if you like. And then the other way is really just to, there's a free tracker on my website, which anyone is welcome to download. And it would just be about tuning into how you feel on any given day, like regardless of what the moon is doing, if that doesn't speak to you, it's literally a process of checking in with yourself, either at the start or at the end of the day, or if you're extra like me, both. <laughs> and, and just seeing how do I feel and are there any patterns that I notice? Because ultimately, that's all this is, is paying attention to yourself and how you feel. And not everyone, you know, who has a cycle is going to fit in with this archetype that I've spoken of. And really the most important thing is that everyone is doing what works for them. Like this should never be something to impose and, oh my God, I'm ovulating, but I feel like shit. Like that's, <laughs> that's not what this is about. It's about tracking what happens for each person as an individual and going with that. It's mindfulness in disguise. Like <laughs> it's mindfulness with a routine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I that's brilliant. Thank you. And again, all of the links will be in the show notes. So if anyone listening is curious, you can go and have a look and see that tracker. Um, I mean, I'm a huge advocate of tracking moods anyway, although I have to say the last year my moods have swung by the hour, I think more often than not, <laughs> or by the weather or anything else that's going on. So it's it's something that I've been really curious about because any form of making sense of how you're feeling, and I think we all want that magic that magic book that tells us when we're going to be feeling and how we're going to be feeling. So we can plan our conversations and we can plan our our activities and our energy levels and when we want to go and see people and socialize and everything else um whether you're an introvert or an extra extrovert we all need those times for ourselves and those times to share with others and if you can optimize that like it just kind of makes sense doesn't it yeah it does <laughs> <laughs> And I'm going to ask you a question that I asked on our initial conversation, because I know it's going to be one that some other listeners are going to be listening to. And that comes down to syncing cycles with other women, because I mentioned this to you because it's one of those things that you get told. Many people have experienced this or said that mm -hmm. they have experienced it. So when it comes to syncing cycles with your girlfriends or the women that are surrounding you or whoever else is surrounding you that does menstruate, is that actually a thing? It's a difficult question to answer, honestly, because it's definitely something that we hear about. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense because a lot of us have experienced it. But scientifically speaking, there isn't necessarily anything that would suggest that that would be true. And I know women who are in relationships with each other who have been in relationship for years and years and only ever like bled together once. Um the thing that I, and this is not a scientific thing at all, it's just a, a hit that I get, is that a lot of us end up syncing with the moon in some way or another. 
whether that's that we're bleeding with the new moon, which is the sort of typical archetypal cycle, um, which there are some resources that say that that is how we all lived before we had electricity, that we would all bleed with the new moon and, and ovulate with the full moon. But now we have lots of variations of that. And some people bleed with the full moon. And then of course, lots of people, you know, go in between. Like this is, yeah. <laughs> it's again, it's not a stick to beat ourselves with. It's just what happens, you know, for some people. And and really is something that would happen if two things are on a 29-ish day cycle, you know? So yeah, my view on it is that it's probably more likely that we're sinking with the moon in some way maybe that the light in our environment is having an influence I don't really know but yeah sort of scientifically speaking there isn't anything that I'm aware of anyway um that would cause that to happen I just find it really interesting because like we were saying it's something that I think many women have experienced at some point or another and it's usually just one of those novelty things that it's like oh me too it's like yeah. I understand how crappy you're feeling or I understand how what usually how crappy and now I know why but it's like <laughs> yeah I totally understand I'm, I'm there with you and I think that it just bears importance to note because from my experience it's one of those that if someone tells you that they're feeling crappy and you're feeling anything less than top of your game you're gonna go yeah me too mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but also if you do decide to start exploring this and and you know embracing this way of syncing with your cycle and being able to plan how you are potentially going to be your optimal self in these different phases just don't expect others to be there with you even if they say (laughs) oh you know we're in sync like we are still individuals and we still have our own needs. And we, like you were saying earlier, that you may be feeling on top of the world and still want that alone time. And that's okay. It's, yeah. This is just a tool that can help you. And that you can, if you're not in sync, that you can really use in, in community. Like, for example, if you're bleeding and your friend is ovulating, you can help each other with those, you know, maybe people have kids childcare responsibilities like you take the kids you're ovulating you can handle it I need my alone time and to be allies yeah with each other and supporting each other where someone has a strength that that another person doesn't have that access to at the moment like what an amazing world that would be if your friends and neighbors are like dropping casseroles at your door because you're on your period and then you do that for them like that's the world I want to live in (laughs) That would be incredible. Oh my goodness. Yeah, just picturing it. <laughs> a man in sight. No. Um, <laughs> okay, so I feel like we've covered an awful lot, um, but I would really love to know, is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners? Is there anything else kind of on a initial, if someone is listening for the first time and has never embraced this concept, heard of this concept, or for anyone who may be in the early stages of considering kind of aligning with this, what would be the advice that you would give for them? Just start tracking. Really, that is the first and most essential step to this whole thing is just to start tuning in and noticing those changes within yourself. So if they go to my website, 
there's a free tracker that they can download. I would suggest start by just very generally noting how you feel from day to day. But if you go down the rabbit hole, you can do that. And I get so excited because you can apply this anywhere. You can apply it to your appetite is a whole other conversation we could have. But workouts, work, everything. And it all starts with tracking, essentially. So that's where I would say start because I think you can hear the information and acknowledge that it's a thing that sounds good. But until you live it, until you really start to see and notice those patterns for yourself, you know, it's it's just like any other piece of information. Brilliant. Um, so yeah, just start paying attention and, and making a note. Fantastic. And where can the listeners find more of you online? Yeah, so I'm at womanempowercoaching.com and on Instagram at womanempower.co. Yeah, through like my link tree, they'll be able to find those free downloads. There's also a webinar about specifically syncing your cycle with your business. And there I go more into those four different people who work for you. And there's a, a download about what tasks might feel easier or harder at different times. Um, and so if, if people who are in business want to go down that route, then definitely I would recommend that. And of course, from there, if they want to work with me one-on-one to really hunker down, that is an option as well. And if anyone wants some natural contraception, I do that too. (laughs) Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So what I'll do is I'll pop all of the links into the show notes as always listeners. So go ahead, learn more, absorb the webinar. And, and I'd be really interested to hear your thoughts around this episode. Is this a new concept for you? Is this something that you're already doing and you found beneficial? I really, really would love to have these conversations. So thank you so much for joining me today, Louise. It's just been incredibly informative. Thank you for having me. It's been such a good conversation to have. I feel like it's just a starter. And <laughs> I, I'm here for it. Like, I'm really looking forward to talking more about, well, talking more in the future and discovering more about this. So I really appreciate you coming in and sharing kind of all of the expertise, but from a very, I guess, from a very open and beginner level as well, because I feel like sometimes when it comes to conversations around particularly women's health, because let's be honest, I don't know much about men's health. It's not something I explore the topic of, (laughs) but when it comes to researching women's health and new concepts, it can often jump over that beginner level and they expect you to have a certain amount of knowledge or understanding. And, and it can be really difficult to identify what's scientifically based and what's just kind of someone's thought of something or tried something once or twice so yeah I've really enjoyed this me too brilliant so listeners be sure to come back here on Thursday when Louise will be sharing her business journey and her brand story so you can hear more about how her business has grown and developed along with her branding come back here on Thursday and until then come and join us for these conversations in our community on Instagram or Facebook as always the links are in the show notes and I will see you in the brand lounge